Good morning, everyone. Hold on, hold on. Just wait, just wait. Now, I don't usually mention my clothes. But one of my Nigerian brothers gave me this outfit. And I gotta tell you, I'm feeling pretty good this morning. I just, just in case you're wondering, I have done so many uh, weddings for Nigerian couples at this point. I have been made an honorary Nigerian citizen. I'm not sure if the Nigerian government recognizes it, but I feel the love. <laughs> I've also been um, honorary uh, Filipino. I made that a while ago. Now, you know, with these two different people groups, there is a slight height discrepancy, generally speaking, <laughs> with, with my Nigerian brothers and my Filipino brothers. <laughs> I will stop there because I know that the staff is getting nervous. Um, <laughs> all right, we are in week four of our legacy series, and we are celebrating uh, the roots of the church and tracing our roots all the way back down to the book of Acts, to when the, when the church was birthed, the Holy Spirit, we talked about Holy Spirit this morning, was poured out upon the church. And all of us today, that as we celebrate around the world and all of the countries around the world that are lifting up the name of Jesus, preaching the gospel, we are part of this family, this great family, this great legacy, this 2,000-year-old legacy that we have as a church. And what we've been saying each week is we know as we look back at the history of the church, there's some great things the church has done and some not so great things that the church has done. And it's easy to be a critic. It's easy to look back at the past and say, they did this wrong and they did this wrong. But it's much harder to say, this is what I need to do. It's easy to look back and criticize someone from the past or criticize somebody today, as opposed to taking up the responsibility of the church so that the church continues past this generation because God is the God of generations, not a generation. And we here at the City Church, we want our faith to continue in the next generation, in this city, in this region, in this province, in this nation, that we want to continue the legacy that we have from the scriptures, that Jesus is building his church. And I want to partner with Jesus. I don't know about you. In building the church, and this is what he's doing, that he is building strong local churches, and we are happy to be a part of that in 2023. So in conjunction with our legacy series, we're doing a legacy offering, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, but we, what we want to be is we want to be expectant for the future of the church. God is doing something special in the church today. And I, and I know so many pastors in our nation and also in the States and God is just up to something amazing, and we get to partner with the Spirit of God as he builds the church. If you are a first-generation believer, uh, you know, I, in this series, I've talked about the legacy that I have with my parents and my grandparents, all of them serving God. And you might think, well, I don't, I don't have uh, the benefit of that legacy, but you do have the benefit of starting one now, 
that you and your children and your children's children will follow God based on the decisions and the faith that you have in your heart from God. We see this principle over and over again in the scripture, right back to Adam and Eve. Uh, We know that Cain killed Abel. And if you look down the generations of Cain, that there were still murderers in his lineage. But then Seth, who Adam and Eve had after Abel was killed, if you look down his lineage, you see Enoch down there who famously walked with God. And this is what we want for the generations to follow up, who follow us. We want them to follow God. We see these markers of the church. We see faithfulness and generosity and perseverance, trust in God, which we're going to be talking about today. Love and truth. These things are broadly true in the scripture, the call from God, but they need to be locally true in us as a family, but then in me as an individual Christ follower, that I would take up these things, that I would see that these are important things from the scripture, from the spirit of God, that I could live out a legacy. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter one says this, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwells first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. This faith, this belief, this trust in God that can be passed down from generation to generation, this is what God wants. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine says, know therefore that the Lord, your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. In other words, unending. This is something that God doesn't want to stop, that we would pass our faith down to our children and then our grandchildren. A thousand generations. That the faith that we have would be transferable. And again, it's our, our faith is not something that we can force upon our children and our grandchildren, but we need to know the story. We need to know the story of the scripture and then we need to live something out in front of them so that they can see how beneficial and how wonderful it is to know Jesus as your savior. Pass that down to a thousand generations that we would embrace this responsibility that we would be an influence and we would be a force for good in our city, in our province, in our nation, in our families, on the job. We could do all of these things by what we've talked about so far in the series. And if you missed any of the messages, you can go back. The first week we talked about loving God, having rightly ordered love in our lives and how meaningful and purposeful that is. Second week we talked about loving people, that we have this vertical relationship with God, but then God wants us to live it out on the horizontal. He wants us to live it out in the context of community. Last week, we talked about fathers and how important fathers are. And just as us as parents, what we're living out and embracing this responsibility. And then today, we're just going to finish up talking about faith. Now, one of these things, again, that we see, I I remember in Bible school, um, reading in the book of Judges, and we see this phrase a couple times in the book of Judges. It says, there grew up a generation that didn't know God. It was always something for me to think about just observing um, some of my family and some of my cousins, um, all who were brought up in, in Christian homes of some varying degrees of of intensity and passion. But then I have some of my cousins who are serving God and then some of my cousins just aren't. 
they basically looked like they have no Christian background at all. And just this idea of there grew up a generation that didn't know God, and, and we don't want to shirk our responsibility. We want to be passionate about the church because the church is the gathering place where we share faith and are, can be an ins- inspired by someone else's faith and teach our children about faith in God. And this is something that we want to continue. Now, I mentioned about our legacy offering that we do um, every year in conjunction with this series. Now, our legacy offering this year is going to a very specific thing. We are taking back a thousand, a little over a thousand square feet um, from our tenant. We have to renovate that space. We've got to build some very tall walls over there. We've got to fix the lighting and the flooring and all those different things. And uh, so the cost of that is going to be about $70,000. And so far to date, over $11,000 has come in um, in our legacy offering, which is fantastic. And, you know, us as a church, again, with, with what we're doing as a church, I don't want to go back over everything I've talked about in the last three weeks, um, but we as a church are not just a church that's just interested in us. We actually want to help other churches. We've invested financially in other churches over the last few years to help them get into buildings and do different things, so we're excited about that. And so this renovation that we're going to be doing this year, again, it's, it's bricks and mortar, so to speak. But we don't want to think of it as just drywall and lighting and stuff. What we are thinking about is going to serve people, and those people will serve other people so that they will be able to have a relationship with God. So we are investing eternally in what we're doing with our legacy offering this year. So practically speaking, there's envelopes, legacy envelopes at the giving kiosk. I know at the info desk in different places in the lobby, you can grab one of those. Um, you can give any time in the next little while. I think we're going to be doing this for about six weeks. And just be prayerful about what you would be giving. If this is your church home, we, uh, ins- we want you to give into this. This is part of your church. If you're visiting with us today, you don't have to feel obligated to give into this today. But if this is your church home, you should want to be able to invest in this. If you give electronically, uh, we usually just have tithes and offerings there. But if you click that menu, it also shows Legacy Offering 2023. You can give that way as well. All right, last week we, we talked about Abraham a little bit and just this call to Abraham as a father. But Abraham is also known as the father of faith. And this is a legacy, obviously. Uh, church is a faith community. This is what we should be known for, that we have faith, trust, reliance in God. And this is the legacy that we need to create, that we would constantly be putting our trust in God. Now, faith is the simple definition of it, is a persuasion or a conviction based on what you have heard. Faith is a persuasion or a conviction based on what you have heard. It's belief with the prominent idea of trust. We have faith in a faithful God, his character can be trusted. So when we're talking about faith, we're not talking about something blind. We're not something, well, we don't know things, so we just have faith. That's not what the biblical definition of faith is. It is a conviction based on something we've heard. We've heard something about the character and nature of God through Jesus Christ, that he came and he's the express will of God. So we can know what God is like because we look at Jesus. And as we look at Jesus, we say, He can be trusted. Because, you know, anybody can say, I'm going to die and I'll come back from the dead. I'm like, yeah, bro, whatever. We'll see. But then the one who does it is the one that we trust. We put our trust in him that we can rely on God. 
And this is what faith is. Faith is not just a Sunday thing. Faith is just not a church thing. Faith is a life thing that I'm putting my trust in God for every area of my life. I'm, I'm fully relying on him, not holding anything back from him. I, I just, I trust you. You can be trusted. We, we have some friends like that. There's some people that we know like that. They're, they're not perfect. But if they say they're going to be somewhere at a certain time, you can mark it down. They're going to be there. You can trust them. Same way with God. That we could fully rely on him. He is faithful so we could put our faith in him. If we look at the life and ministry of Jesus, Jesus said that our work, the work of God is to believe. I got to trust him. I got to trust in who God is. Jesus would say to people, sick people, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Jesus celebrated faith. One of the stories that we're going to read today shows us that. Now, why would Jesus celebrate faith? And why does God want us to be people of faith? Because we can trust in a bunch of things. We can put our faith in a bunch of different things. We can just put our faith in ideas. Well, here's an idea. So I trust it. And sometimes we don't even know the source of those ideas. It's just people online or people in a movie or people somewhere or people on a newscast or a politician say, here's an idea. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll believe it without actually tracing back where that thought came from. But putting faith in ideas is not enough putting faith in people. We don't want to put all of our faith in politicians, even the ones you vote for. We're not putting all of our trust in them, our full reliance on them. But what God is wanting us to do for our now and for our eternity is to trust him, have faith in who he is. And again, he's not just waiting for us to get to eternity with him. He wants to be involved in our life right now. He wants to be involved in the small decisions and the big decisions. He wants us to invite him in. He wants us to have faith. God, I trust you. I'm not sure what to do here. I don't know, but I put my trust in you for this thing, that you're leading me and guiding me. You're helping me to make the right choice. I trust you. I rely on you. And this is what it means to have faith faith in God. Faith is powerful because God is powerful. Faith in and of itself is is just sort of a conveyance to God, but it's not just faith is powerful. The reason that biblical faith is powerful is because God is powerful. He's the object of our trust. To want to have faith in the right thing. Again, we need to examine What do I have faith in? And why do I have faith in it? And who do I have faith in? Because ultimately, God is calling us to trust him. That faith in God should rule our hearts. Should be in charge. Now, why would that be true? Because how many of you know that circumstances can affect our heart? Can it affect affect the inside of us, my emotions, my decision-making ability, that I can fall into difficult circumstances? Have you ever been in some difficult circumstances? Have you ever been up against it where you had to make a decision 
And so all of those things can affect our hearts and our lives, and they can rule us. Circumstances can just be in charge of us. Because circumstances are good, and then circumstances sometimes aren't good. And if that is going to be at the rulership of my life, I'm going to be joyful one day, and I'm going to be sad the next, I'm going to be depressed and uh, de- you know, depressed and having just a difficult countenance all of the time, but then something good happens. You know, the Leafs make the playoffs and we're happy and then they go out too early and then we're sad. But if those things rule our lives, our lives will be lived on a roller coaster. But faith in God needs to rule our hearts. So I'm not going over the top, excited or nervous when something bad happens. We're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to trust God is what we're going to do. We're going to put our faith in God. And this is the legacy that we need to leave. Here in the book of Galatians, we see faith emphasized. Now, this this church, this church in the Galatian region, um, Paul had come through and he had planted this church. And then some religious people came in afterwards and said, yeah, yeah, Jesus is great, but you also need to follow the Mosaic law. And especially circumcision is really important. So this is really just a church of women. <laughs> so, you know, be like, hey, babe, I want you to come to church with me this Sunday. There's just one caveat in the membership class that's going to come up. I'm gonna, it's going to seem difficult, but we're going to put our faith in Jesus and the Mosaic Law. It's, it's going to be great. Well, what is the thing? Well, it's this little thing called circumcision. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. It's kind of an obstacle for the guys to come to church. And so they were putting their faith in Jesus and then something else, adding the Mosaic law to it. So this is what Paul was writing to as he was correcting the Galatian church. Verse 7, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham, those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. This is not a national lineage. What is it? It's a family of faith. And so this is why we have brothers and sisters around the world this morning, lifting up the name of Jesus, because we are a family of faith. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not their nationality, preached the gospel beforehand according to Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. We talked about this last week. All nations will be blessed through the family of faith. And that's our invitation. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. And so that would be true. It's impossible for you and I to, to fulfill all the laws in the scripture. Our, our, our flesh comes up short all of the time. So we're not trusting in our ability to do something, but what are we doing? We're putting our faith in God for our now and for our eternity. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous, 
those that have received the righteousness, this gift that God gives to us based on the finished work of the cross, how are we supposed to live? By faith. It is actually the descriptor of our life in Christ. Well, I'm, I'm putting my faith in Jesus for today and for eternity. I'm living by faith. It's not a Sunday thing. It's a life thing. Because everybody, listen, everybody has put their faith in something an idea, a person, a way of living. But God, the creator God, wants us to put our trust in him. And this just makes logical sense. The one who created life wants us to live by trusting him, that he knows about life better than anyone else, that I would just trust him, have my faith in him. But the law is not a faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. Jesus did this for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, or all non-Jewish people, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. We sang about the Holy Spirit this morning. So how am I going to be perfected? As a follower of Jesus, how am I going to be sanctified? How am I going to live as a disciple? Am I going to look at the laws of the Old Testament? He's like, oh, I got to do these. I got to whip myself. I got to hurt myself to do all of these things. No, the spirit comes and perfects us. The Holy Spirit of God fills us up and changes us day by day, moment by moment, truth by truth, adjustment by adjustment that we, the Holy Spirit comes Because of faith, not the keeping of the law. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? And we put our trust in him. And then he comes and he indwells us. He helps us. Thank God for that. See, Jesus knew that we would face opposition and his disciples would face opposition. Here in Luke 22, before Peter's denial of Christ... He says to him in verse 31, Simon, Simon of chapter 22, Satan has asked to sift you all as of wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Praying for Peter that what? His faith wouldn't fail. Other words, he knew there was gonna be some exterior things going on that Peter was gonna face some pressure and then he ended up denying Christ. But what did Jesus say? I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. See, it's not that our, our, our faith is failing when we make it, it's like us, it's our flesh and we make a mistake. And then Jesus said, hey, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. When you step back into faith, I want you to strengthen your brothers. And this is what we do. As the family of faith, what is our constant encouragement? Uh, We're going to trust God. We're going to put our trust in God. We're going to have our faith in God. Hearing the word of God, faith grows and increases. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ, faith comes. This is why I want you to read the Bible, 
not some, out of some religious obligation. Why? Because faith grows. Because you're hearing what he's saying. You're seeing his character. You're seeing his faithfulness. And when we see that, we trust him. Faith comes. Faith comes, the King James, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're going to hear the word of God and our faith is going to grow. Faith is going to come. Faith is going to show up because this is the call for us to put our trust in God. Romans 1 verse 17 says this, for in, for in it the righteousness of God has been revealed from faith for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is a familiar refrain. How are we supposed to live? By faith. What faith though? It's not just faith in ideas. It's faith in God. Faith in the person of God. I trust him. I rely on him. He is powerful. He's strong. He's merciful. He's full of forgiveness. He's full of grace. He's full of healing. He's full of provision. I trust him. And we can see that there's a progression here that our faith is going to be growing. This is what we want, again, for our children. And we we uh, teach them age-appropriate Bible lessons so that they can understand something about the Scripture. And then as they get a little bit older, we're unpacking different Scriptures and ideas. You know, we're not teaching them about David and Bathsheba in preschool. Do you get me? There might be a story in there, but we're skipping over a bunch of details. (laughs) And then so as they grow, we're going to be adding more and more things to them and their faith would grow. We want to do this on purpose. We want to do this intentionally. So people's faith can grow because this is the call that the righteous would live by faith. We live by it. We're saved by it. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this, for by grace... You have been saved through, everybody say it out loud, faith, through our faith. It's a gift. God gives us this gift, but what do we have to do? We have to believe. We have to put our trust in God. It is not of our own doing. It's not our our fulfilling of the law. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is the plan of God for us, that we would put I trust in it. We experience salvation through faith. Faith protects us. Ephesians 6, verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Has anyone ever experienced some flaming darts? And then, you know, something comes your way and you're like, oh, okay, it's just one thing today. Great. And then the next day, something else shows up. And then another dart and then another dart. And you're like, really? Life? Why me? All of the stuff that we say. You know, one of my cousins who no longer has faith in God, but they have faith in superstition because they're like, you know, these things happen in threes. I'm like, that's stupid. They happen one at a time, all of the time. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to have faith in Christ, but I got faith in threes. Okay. And you're... University graduate, I get it. (laughs) Flaming darts, there's going to be stuff coming my way. 
there's going to be stuff coming against us, right? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, flaming darts. But what do we have? We have faith in God. Amen. And God is powerful. God is strong. God is mighty. His hand is not short. I trust him. So it doesn't matter what comes our way. I'm going to put my faith in God. Amen. Amen. Faith pleases God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now again, some people are like, well, this is a mean verse. No, it's not a mean verse. It's a great verse. It's a great verse of understanding. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because it is the only way for us to have a relationship with God because he's not forcing us to be in a relationship with himself. We have to willingly, on purpose, put our trust in him. And when we do, it pleases him. It pleases God when we trust him. Why? Because he's faithful. He's the one who always shows up. He's the one who is always powerful. He's the one who always provides. And so it pleases him when we trust him. And then there's two categories. We must believe that he exists, that he's there, that uh, matter didn't just self-manifest. Talk about that at lunch. And then also he is a rewarder. What type of God is he? He's a reward. Is he stingy? No, he's not a stingy God. He's a God of provision. He rewards those. He's like good dads in the room. Providing for your children. Good parents in the room. Providing for your family. Believe that he's there. And that he rewards. I put my faith in him. And finally this story. That Jesus celebrates faith. Matthew 8 verse 5 says this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse nine, for I myself, this is the centurion now, I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. To one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, now listen. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, who were the people following him? His disciples. People who had been been trained in Torah, who had heard about God. He said to those following, truly, I tell you, have not found anyone in Israel, the people who are supposed to have faith, with such great faith, this centurion, this guy who's outside of the covenant, that he is showing faith in God, just simple. You don't even need to come into my house, Jesus. I know who you are. What did he say? Just say the word. That the centurion had enough sense to just trust in what Jesus said. 
You don't even need to come to my house. In fact, I'm not even worthy to have you in my house. Just say the word. Listen, Jesus, I understand who you are because I too am a man under authority. In other words, he's realizing that Jesus is under God's authority. I say to this one, come and he comes, this one go. And he goes to this one do and they, I get it. And so I realize you, Jesus, have authority over sickness and disease. You just need to say the word. I trust what you say. Would to God, followers of Jesus, just believe what Jesus said. I trust you. Fiery darts are coming. Delay is happening. I don't know what's going on. If we would just trust what Jesus said. You just say the word. I trust you. I put my faith in you. I haven't found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Verse 11, I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and their places will feast with Abraham. Who's Abraham? Father of faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside and into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done to you just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. Now listen to what Jesus didn't say. I decided for your servant to get healed right now. Jesus didn't say that. What did Jesus say? Let it be done to you as you believed it would. Now again, let's take a step back to our series on prayer. What is the stuff we're believing? We're believing the stuff from the word of God. Not, I want to be on Mars tomorrow. That's not happening. But I have faith. No, you don't, because there's no scripture for that. Just as you, he has the promise he's expressing to Jesus. Jesus, I see that sickness is under your authority. I trust you. I believe what you say. Jesus said to the man, just as you believed it would be, how strong is faith? Well, faith is strong because God is strong. Let's trust him. Let's believe him. Let's put our faith in him because this is the legacy that God wants us to leave. We are a people of faith. We are a people of trusting in God, not in ourselves, not in our ability to keep the law. Our faith is in Christ and what he has accomplished and what he said. So what am I trusting God for today? And what am I holding back on? What are the areas that I'm saying to God, God, I got this covered. I'll, I'll take care of this. You don't have to worry about this part of my life. I'll just trust myself with this. No, let's open up every area of our lives. And then let's be like the centurion whose faith Jesus celebrated. I haven't seen Jesus stopped and turned this into a teaching. It's like I haven't seen turned around to his disciples. I haven't seen faith like this in Israel. He celebrated what the man did. What did the man do? You just say it, Jesus, and I'll trust it. 
Amen. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And today we can put our faith and trust in you. And in the areas, Lord, that we have been holding back, just saying, I'll trust myself, Lord, I open myself wide to you today. And in the areas where I I haven't been faithful to trust your word, God, I trust you today. Going back to what you say, going back to your will and what you want, I put my faith in you every area of life. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you haven't done that first step, that first step of faith, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. This prayer is just a one-time moment where you say yes to Jesus. And what we're saying yes to is what Jesus has accomplished for us. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. Because all of that has happened, God offers us a gift of a relationship with himself. Like we read today, none of us can keep the law perfectly. So we can't depend on ourselves for our today and for our eternity. We have to put our trust in God, our faith in God. So if that's you this morning, you've never done that. I invite you to pray along with me here in a second. Maybe you're here this morning and you used to serve God. You used to be really close to God, but you kind of feel like today you are distant from him. Maybe something happened. Maybe something happened to you at church one time and you know you just sort of fell away. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God is inviting you close to himself again. I invite you to pray along with me as well. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes and pray this prayer with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that did that for the first time. Hey, if that is you this morning, you either said yes to Jesus for the very first time or you rededicated your life to Christ, that connect card that's there in the seat pocket in front of you, grab that card, fill it out, check out the appropriate box. And if you take that card to the info desk in our lobby, we have some materials that we would love to give you free of charge that will help you on your journey of faith. This is just a one-time moment, a one-time decision, but Jesus has called us all to be disciples and the materials that we will give to you will help you on that discipleship journey. We're excited for you today. All right, before we are dismissed um, today, just have uh, one uh, thing that we want to celebrate. One thing we want to talk about, Calvin, our Connections Director, got engaged on Friday. So him and his fiance, Chrissy, are here this morning, and they're going to come on up to the stage today. Come on, people.
Front and center, front and center. We have a little gift for Chrissy here that's coming. So there's a, a long story to this couple they met a long time ago. They recently got together a little while ago, but they got engaged on Friday. That's the short version of it. <laughs> Calvin is actually going to be preaching in a couple of weeks. He might want to expand on a little bit. Um, but the other part of this news, we kind of have happy, sad news. Calvin has been on our staff for the last two and a half years, but he is actually going to be leaving staff. Chrissy is the creative director at C3 Church in Toronto. So Calvin is going to be going and he's going to be joining that team um, at C3 later on this summer. Um, but he has been a huge blessing. Um, so yeah, so I said happy, sad, friends. <laughs> but we are excited for them and their future, all that God has for them. And like we talked about last week, we talked about uh, that we would be training up ministers and pastors. And I kind of feel like in this season, Calvin is like number one on that list that we have been, he's been a part of our team, um, a valuable part of our team stepping in uh, at the latter part of COVID there and doing a bunch of things for us creatively that helped us out a ton. And then to be able to send him off with Chrissy in this season really is super exciting for us. Uh, A great opportunity. I know Calvin, I actually want Chrissy just to say something because she has a really nice accent. (laughs) Just say something really short, Australian. Just something really short. There you go. See? (laughs) So Calvin is going to talk for a second, and then we're just going to pray for them before we go today. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, Over the last two and a half years, I've been able to serve you and and walk with you in in different phases. Uh, We hadn't met for a long time because we were only online. uh, So I only got to hang out with the staff and the the main team. But uh, I just want to thank the Lord for what he's done in my life here. This has been this has been a healing a healing land for me and for so many of you. And it's one of my favorite things to tell my friends is that if you're looking for somewhere to be and not be known, but be seen by God and to worship with other people, this this is holy ground. And uh, like Jesus to Peter in that story when he said, you know, when you, when you get your faith back, when you when you when you turn back. You go, go encourage other people. That, that's my testimony here. And yeah. PB, I love you. And uh, during lockdowns, he, he came in, he found me. He heard I was in Ontario again and not sure what I was doing with my life or, or how I felt about what the Lord was doing in my life. And uh, he invited me to come and join the family. So City Church, I love you. I'm looking forward to spending time with you again in a couple weeks. And uh, well, thank you for your cheers and your prayers and everything through these last couple of years. Thanks. Wait, stay here, stay here, stay here. Stay here. <laughs> uh, well, and Calvin will tell you, one of the first things that I told Calvin when he came on staff is, you need to get married. Oh. <laughs> so it is, honestly, it is such a special moment. And Nicole is in there with the kids this morning. She wished she could be in here today, but she is sending her sentiments and her love to this couple as well. So let's actually all stand up and we're gonna pray for them this morning. Again, Calvin's not, he'll be around for a little while. He's gonna be preaching in a couple weeks. So you'll have a chance to see him and talk to him. But let's all stretch our hands out towards this couple and pray for them today. Father God, we just thank you for Calvin and Chrissy. We just thank you, Lord, for the love that you have produced in their lives for each other. We just thank you, Lord, for how 
how you have brought them together and how special this is. And so we thank you, Lord, for your grace upon them, Lord, in this season as they're preparing to be married. And I just thank you, Lord, for the call that you have on them as a couple as it continues to unfold over the next weeks and months and years. God, I just thank you, Lord, for your grace upon them, that they will do all that you have called them to do. We thank you, Lord, that you give them a clear vision for their lives and for their ministry and for their family. And we just thank you, Lord, for your grace and blessings upon them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One more thing. Now we know, here's the deal, you're, you're not getting invited to their wedding. I'm just breaking it to you already. But what you can do is you can bless them. So Chrissy's just gonna be here today. And so, you know, just to get Calvin started, understanding what it means to be married. Um, let's bless this couple, all right? So anybody that, you know, we're just gonna bless them. If you missed this morning, Calvin will be here for a couple more weeks, you can bless them. But just to bless them as they're getting started out on their lives. And we know there's a lot of financial needs as you're getting married and all the different, they're moving and there's a lot of stuff going on. So let's just bless them um, in the next couple of weeks. But let's prepare Calvin to be a husband by giving the money to Chrissy, all right? <laughs> Thanks, boss. Let's give him a hand as they head down. Beautiful. Man, so much to celebrate here this morning. Thank you so much for coming to church. Um, yeah, you can stay standing. Just want to remind you of a couple of announcements that were made earlier in the service. Tomorrow night is our Alpha Leaders Interest Night. So if you're interested, if you feel like, you know, you're really strong in your faith, confident in your faith, and want to help share that gospel message, tomorrow's Interest Night, you can get all of that info at the info desk. As well, last reminder about those legacy offering envelopes available at the giving kiosk outside the main auditorium doors and again at info. Are you glad you came to church this morning, city? So good, so much to celebrate. Awesome, well, we invite you to join us next week at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Until then, have a great week. We love you. Enjoy your Sunday.